The super familiar with the Wilsons podcast. You know that family whose house you hung out in when you were a kid? The house was a little loud and chaotic, but always fun, and sometimes felt more home than home. Well, that's us. We're the Wilsons, and we welcome you into our podcast with silly chat, ridiculous games, and interviews with interesting people. Like a spin doctor. The super familiar with the Wilsons podcast. Welcome home. Available everywhere you get podcasts. What's up, Rewatchers? It's Dustin here to let you know that this show may feature strong or inappropriate language, so please be mindful of who around you can hear it. After the show, please be sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple, Spotify, Good Pods, or wherever you listen. The feedback helps us out a lot. Also, we assume that you've at least watched the show or the episode we will be discussing. If not, just be warned that there are spoilers ahead. But really, it's your fault because these shows have been out for a while. <laughs> Enjoy. Don't you remember being a kid and just wanting to be an adult? Because you wanted the freedom. That's what <laughs> yeah. you wanted. But then when you get the freedom, the freedom comes with a price. Yep, exactly. God, if only I could go back to just going to school every day and then just playing when you get home. Man. <sighs> <laughs> oh man. No expectations Listen. of your life or anything. Like you nope. don't have to keep up with anything. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> anyway, this is why we 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 watch things like my so-called life. Yes. How'd you like that segue, huh? <laughs> <laughs> We want to remember all that angst that we had. And there's a lot of it. There's a lot of <laughs> yeah. it for sure. Because, uh, well, Especially listeners this today. <laughs> yes, this episode, Kay is going to recap. She's taking over this episode, which is episode 13 called Pressure. And it originally aired on December 1st, 1994. So we're officially into the My So-Called Life Universe December episodes, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Mm-hmm. But it's also kind of sad because we're more than halfway through the series now. I know it sucks, but oh well, life, my so called life goes on. That's right. <laughs> like the nine, name of the book that cost 140 oh something. I think it was like $194. I know, and I have it, and it's in perfect condition. I'm like, ooh, I could make some money if I needed to. <laughs> yeah, there's a sequel book called My So Called Life Goes On, in case you didn't hear that before. And it's it, they the same author who wrote the book for the series, which I said once before was like each book is like a chapter each chapter is like a season uh, episode damn i can't talk <laughs> each chapter is like an episode and this actually continues it because she worked with the creator on the storyline and where she should go with the next book so i'm assuming that this would have been like part of the second season but yeah. it still kind of doesn't feel like it concluded things i remember reading that going okay that's it maybe I, they were hoping for more. another yeah yeah and it didn't happen but Tragic. anyway, so we're back with, uh, like I said, episode 13, Pressure, and Kay is going to take over for us. So uh, one thing before you start, I wanted to ask was, have you ever felt this type of pressure? <laughs> uh, I am a female, so yes. <laughs> or I guess. I mean, like the first time, was it like any kind of thing like what Angela went through? Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> it was very similar to what 
Angela went through. Uh, I just didn't stick to my guns like she did. She has a lot more strong willed than you were, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was sharing. I was sharing Jersky in that situation. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I think you know, just thinking about all of my friends at that time, you know, high school, it was a topic of conversation a lot because as soon as you start, you know, dating someone or we called it going out, we're going out, even though we never went anywhere. Um, <laughs> it, it immediately becomes the topic of, of conversation. And I didn't like, I didn't experience the the dickiness of Jordan Canalato Cat, Catalano quite as much, but there was definitely the pressure, you know. So yeah. I, I love you know you just mentioned going out or and I started thinking when did we stop using that term going together? I don't know. They're going together. They're going like, together. No one like after high school that's not used ever again. Mm-mm. And no. I, I wonder why. I mean, it does sound stupid, but yeah, <laughs> it always We're... did actually. I remember my parents making fun of us for saying it. It was like, oh, you're going out with this person. They're like, really? Where are you going? And I'm like, shut up. Because <laughs> yeah. I forget what my parents called it. It, was, it wasn't it was dating. I f- it was something stupid. and <laughs> Courting or something? No, they weren't that <laughs> antiquated. Are you courting? Are you courting my daughter? <laughs> it has been a fortnight. <laughs> we are going to have to duel if you upset her. Where's my glove? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what it was. Uh, I would like, I, you know what? I would be interested in what the audience might have said. Maybe they mm-hmm. said something different than going together or dating or boyfriend, mm-hmm. girlfriend or whatever. I would love to hear that. So if you decide to shoot us a little message and let us know what you what you might have called it or some or something weird you might have heard um, from somewhere. I would love to hear that. Yeah. Both my cat. <laughs> Sorry. You just gave this look like off to the side. Like, <laughs> like a ghost just touched your shoulder. My two cats are, of course, choose now to go ape shit, and they're just like tearing oh, ass around the apartment. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. It's real cute though. <laughs> Both their tails are like this big around, and they're just hopping around chasing each other. Anywho, when you, sa- when you said my two cats, I started thinking of the theme song for my three sons, and <laughs> then I, I totally went like, "This is how fast my mind works." It's really sad. So mm-hmm. um, I say sad because my mind just is everywhere all at once. That's the ADHD for you. Okay, should we get into this episode? Yes. Go now. Go. Uh, okay. So we open on red, kind of like an overhead shot of red, Jordan's car being driven very badly in this parking lot. It's kind of making sharp turns, like really heavy stops. And you you hear Jordan kind of coaching Angela and he's like, slow down. Stop. And they're kind of going back and forth. She's like, I don't know what I did. Blah, 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 blah. And Can it- I just say first that I'm glad you remember the name of the car was Red. <laughs> yeah. I totally forgot that, that by this point. I don't know why, but I did. Yeah, it's my car. It's the color Red. <laughs> and like it ends with her basically backing into a wall and he's just like, oh, kind of upset about that. And she starts to say, well, you shouldn't have let me. I told you I couldn't drive. This is only like my second time. And in true Jordan Catalano fashion, he just stops her talking by kissing her like mid-sentence. And they're kissing. And then she kind of pulls away. And she's like behind the wheel. And he just gets really annoyed because she kind of stops the making out session. Of course. How long are we going to keep doing this? And she's like, I don't know. I mean, what do you mean? 
And he's like, you know what I mean. And, <laughs> and you know, it's like, it's, it's such a weird conversation to have, especially, you know, when you haven't had sex before and it's scary and you don't know if you're ready for that. So, yeah. So she's just kind of like, what do you like? What do you want me to do? Like, were we just going to do it here in your car in the parking lot? And of course, to Jordan, he's like, OK. And I'm like, first of all, you're in an alley. You were not in a parking lot. Right. Right. That is clearly an alley. In the overhead it, shot we saw. Yeah. But it, it must be like in or around the school. Right. Because she's just like, I got to go to class at the end of the conversation. So they've got to be. Somewhere where there's gonna be because it's broad daylight, right? There's gonna right. be people. This school lets by. their kids just run around and do anything they want, right? No <laughs> teachers looking out like, "Hey, you need to class." Like that was not like how my school was run. Yeah, like we had security guards and stuff, like walking around if you weren't in class, making sure if you're like in the parking lot, making sure you mm -hmm. weren't just gonna leave school. So, yeah, it's kind of weird. And then she kind of jokes. She's like, well, why don't we do it in my room tonight after my parents fall asleep and we'll have to be really quiet. And he kind of like gives her a look like, oh, okay. <laughs> and she's <laughs> Such like, a dim-witted hornball. So stupid. And she's like, what? You ac actually expect me to choose a place? And he's like, yeah. And she just kind of looks at him and she's like, oh, I got to go to geometry. And he just gets she upset. She chose geometry first this time. I know, right? <laughs> good good, good job, Angela. That's progress. And he gets upset and just gets out of his car without saying anything um, because basically teenage boys are horrible, horny human beings. Mm -hmm. um, like he doesn't like you can tell he doesn't give a shit about Angela or if there's a small part of him that does, he just cannot show it. You know, shove that deep down. Yeah, deep you got to shove it down. Don't be don't be a I don't know. Don't be a wimp. Don't be caring. Men can't have feelings. Okay. So now we're in the school hallway, and Ricky and Ryan are looking at Cynthia Hargrove, who has like a small little like stud in her nose. And Ryan says, it's a pierced nose. It's not like an actual personality or something. <laughs> she calls it a semi-precious pimple. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and uh, I think that, though, every single time I see like a stud in somebody's face, it's like it looks like it's like this is a shiny pimple. Yeah, I got a and shiny like, pimple. And uh, <laughs> septum piercings. I'm like, those are just Ooh. metallic like boogers or door knockers yeah. on your face, you know? It always reminds me of like a bull, you know, the bull ring. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. why? Why? Why do you want? When I see that, I'm like, know. all I think is boogers. That's all I think of. Yeah. And itchy. And I have to like, I have to admit though, I used to have my labray pierced, but it just totally fucked up my gums and I had to remove it. Uh, but I loved it. I love the way it looked. And I like the dimple ones. Like, I just think they're so cute. <laughs> but your dimples are already drawing attention. Like, <laughs> why do you need to draw more attention to your dimples? I don't know. I'm into that stuff. It's it's fine. <laughs> okay. To each their own. Uh, I mean, I'm too old for all that shit now. But, like, I was definitely way into it when I was younger. So Angela walks up. And she's like, who are we trashing? And Rianne's like, Cynthia Hargrove's no stud. And then to Ricky is when she says, it's too small. It's like a semi-precious pimple. <laughs> and Ricky tells Angela that she's a total improvement over Cynthia. And Angela kind of was like, huh? I guess she wasn't aware that Jordan and Cynthia went out, dated, whatever. 
No, they and ummed. They uh, yeah. <laughs> and Rayanne was like, "Well, went out. I mean, I don't know how many outside locations they actually went to." And Angela's like, "But she's someone Jordan used to um." And Rayanne's like, "Yes, Jordan used to um her." <laughs> <laughs> And then, of course, Angela's trying to play it cool, kind of like smiling, but you can tell she's just dying inside. And she's so insecure. Oh, no. Just walking away, just like tongue tied. And I was like, oh, okay, great. Now that's um, cool. Something I know. And Rayanne looks at Ricky and she's like, they obviously haven't ummed yet. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, don't you think like Rayanne would know that if they had? Like, I feel like Rayanne and Ricky would be the first people who knew. Yeah. I mean, considering they first kissed and everything that mm-hmm. first with Jordan, she was going to them. Oh, my God, guys. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So now Angela's kind of walking down the hallway, looking at people as she passes. And as she's kind of going over her innermost thoughts, she's looking at everybody. One guy's just like blowing his nose all gross. Another one, it looks like he's smelling his armpits. I could mm-hmm. tell he was like wiping his nose on his sleeve or smelling his armpits. Oh, he was smelling his armpits for sure. <laughs> So as she's witnessing all this, she says, I couldn't stop thinking about it. The like fact that people had sex, they just had it like sex was this thing people had like a rash or a Rottweiler. (laughs) (laughs) Everything started to seem like pornographic or something like Mrs. Krasinowski has sex. So does Mr. Katimski. They both have sex. They could have sex together, like right now. I am like the sickest person. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have that no. thought all the time. I always think that I'm always like, everybody has sex. And I'm like, and I look over at people, and I'm like, God, the most unattractive people. I'm like, and they have sex. They do at it. At some point. And they probably, <laughs> I'm like, ugh. Like, I can't imagine. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you look at somebody, you're like, oh, they're gross. And you're like, you know they have sex. Uh, I'm like, why is that person having sex? And I'm not. What's Aww. going on? <laughs> you got to you gotta lower their standards. No, I'm just Exactly. <laughs> and I'm not, no, I'm not lowering my damn standards. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Uh, it's so weird, like, how... It's it's such a big deal, but then it's also just not a big deal. You know what I mean? Like, it's such a weird thing. Yeah, it's kind of the in-between thing. It's like, it's all about, I think, your own self-respect and what, you know, kind yeah, of need to be no. a little choosy, a little choosy, a yeah, little bit I, choosy. I mean, I think if somebody likes to have sex and they have sex often and it makes them happy and they're doing it in a way that works for them, more power to you. But if you're doing it in more of a self-destructive way, then ab- absolutely right. not good. <laughs> and I think that the line there is very thin because I think a lot of people think that they're doing it as, you know, sex positivity. And mm-hmm. it's actually kind of more of a self-destructive kind of addiction type thing of one yeah. intimacy, and do, you know, and they're going about it the wrong way. I think that's a lot of people. And yeah. that's, that's what I'm growing shame to. I'm like, you know, maybe, maybe pull it back a little bit, dial it back until you know yourself a little yeah. better. And and I think a lot of people don't. They yeah. just go to sex because they think sex intimacy equals emotional intimacy. And it's right. not the same. Yeah. It can be. You can combine yeah. the two. But most of the time, they're not, especially yeah. when you're doing it casually. You know, no one yeah. cares. That person doesn't care about you. <laughs> and you're getting this momentary thing. Saying, I don't care about them either. But you kind of want somebody to care. I know you do. Of course. I think everyone does. So I think I, I think you're right, though. I think a lot of times people 
will mistake uh, physical intimacy for emotional intimacy, and they're two completely different things. Can coexist in the same space, but not always. Right. Okay. In the chase, now we're in the chase home, and Danielle and Patty are setting up the the dinner table, getting ready for dinner, and Grandma's on the phone with Hallie Lowenthal, which I think the- is the first time we've heard her name, right? Exactly. It took a completely <laughs> separate episode to find yeah. out this obnoxious woman's name. <laughs> so the obnoxious woman from his cooking class, um, Hallie Lo- Lowenthal. Um, and he's inviting her and her fiance to dinner. And Patty's kind of coughing and sneezing, doesn't sound great. And we hear Danielle, Mom, if you had a flu shot, then how come you're sick? And she says, I'm not sick. Sometimes a flu shot makes you a little sick. And Graham's still on the phone. He's kind of belly laughing. Ha, ha, ha. And then hangs up the phone, says they're in for dinner. And Patty asks what her fiance's name is again. And he's like, Brad. And she's like, that is the perfect fiance name. <laughs> Brad. Kind of. I have a cousin named Brad who, I mean, when I think about it, he's kind of the perfect specimen of a Southern white cisgender mm. masculinity, a, a typical like jock. I got to go play, you know, watch the game. And I don't yeah. know something about You get what I'm saying. Like, yeah. <laughs> kind of the stereotypical dude. Yeah. Yeah. A dude, bro, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> dude, bro. So. They hear Angela kind of come in from the other room and she yells that she's not hungry. Patty and Graham will like look at each other. Meanwhile, Danielle's talking to them and they're ignoring her. She asks if she has to get a flu shot. Totally ignore her and continue talking about Angela to each other. Patty says, you know, I know exactly what's going to happen. It's going to be 10 o'clock at night. She's going to be poking around in the kitchen like Princess Di asking you to make her something. And Angela like yells, I heard that. No, I'm not. <laughs> and Daniel's like, Lisa Yamamoto had a flu shot and it was like three inches long. They totally ignore her again. <laughs> um, they then start talking about uh, needing to meet Jordan because they're going out. And Daniel's like, they're not going out. I'd know if they were going out. I like how she feels like she's got the pulse on, on the gossip. That's what I was like. You remember when we said that Rayanne was the only one who was the one who knows what's always going on? Like, mm-hmm. I know Danielle is going to be that person when she gets a little older and, and with her group of friends. She's going to yeah. be that girl. I don't know if she's going to be as wild as Rayanne, but. I mean, maybe she's been ignored her entire life. So she exactly. might have some, some issues to work out. So Pat, they're, they're still talking about Jordan. And he's like, he drives her home sometimes. And like, he has a car. And, you know, not to mention what else we can't mention. And he's. Patty's like, the cars have doors and seats. It's almost like an apartment. <laughs> uh, and, you know, Danielle keeps interjecting. And then she's like, do I have to get a flu shot? And it's simultaneously, Graham says no. And Patty says yes, which is just like their relationship in a nutshell. <laughs> like, they are never in sync with each other, it seems. Over something as basic <laughs> as a flu shot, too. Right? <laughs> Um, and then Graham, you know, quickly backtracks and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you have to get a flu shot. <laughs> this is almost my favorite line of the episode. Danielle says, um, when you said what else they could be doing, did you mean like foreplay? <laughs> and they both just like, <laughs> like just start like totally shocked. She's so laughing. awesome. She is, she is probably turning into my favorite character in the show. <laughs> Oh, she's so great because she – it's so funny because 
I think I was kind of like that too. I don't think I went as far as, but I was paying attention. You know, mm-hmm. I paid attention to a lot of stuff. I'm like, I know more than what you think I know because I'm paying attention because you guys are not listening to me, so I got to listen more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Danielle. She she does have her pulse on everything. She because what else is she gonna do? Right. No one talks to her. So later that night, Angela's in the kitchen making a sandwich. And you kind of see this shadow of a person walking past the windows outside and you hear a little knock and she's kind of, you know, creeped out. Of course, she sees someone stalking around outside. Yeah. But if that were me, I would probably run upstairs to my parents and she just kind of walks over to the door and like pulls back the curtain and looks like what if it was a creepy stalker killer standing there? I know. And I mean, I would at least gone, mom. Yeah. (laughs) Somebody's here. Yeah, it was it was weird. But she pulls back the curtain and kind of smiles. And then you can see she kind of gets a little nervous, too. And she opens the door and it's Jordan. And he just like without saying a word, just like pushes past her and walks into the house. Like, no, like, I didn't come say on come in. in. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's yeah. just so rude. And he just like, kind wow, of, food. Yeah. Like, it's not for for you. Yeah. <laughs> It's not just like, oh, I thought you might come by. Oh, I had it set up. Whoa, food. Do you not have food at your house, Jordan? <sighs> Boundaries, man. Right. And her voiceover is like, it's a dream. I'm having a dream. I've had this dream only without the cold cuts. <laughs> and then he's like, um, he takes a bite and he just starts kissing her. I'm like, yeah, let's make out with yeah. deli meats in my mouth. Is that what he had? I was trying to figure because at first it looked like a weird like sliced carrot. But it didn't make any noise. And I was like, is that a hunk of cheese? Because it didn't look like – but maybe it was like a hunk of ham or something. Yeah. It, it was just weird. Yeah. So he um, – she's like, what are you doing here? It's late. And, of course, she's whispering because everyone's home. She's like, my parents are right upstairs. And he's like, they are? She's <laughs> like, well, they live here. <laughs> How does she not think he's a t- – Total fucking idiot. I mean, she must. You have right? to. You can't not. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, or he says, well, you said you wanted to do it in your room while your parents were asleep. And she's like, dude, I was fucking joking. What is wrong with you? <laughs> and you know, that's what she really wanted to say. But she was just like, I was joking. And then she tells him he has to go. And they start making out. And he tells her about this house that's been empty forever. And of course, Tino has found a way to get into it. And people have been going there. Basically, it's a hookup house. People have been going there to make out, have sex, whatever. And Angela, they're like really close to each other at this point. Yeah. He's, he's got his deli meat in his hand. And they're still <laughs> making out really, really. Like a little squirrel, a little horny yeah. squirrel. <laughs> but it's kind of like this intimate conversation. And Angela says, like breaking and entering and he replies like kind of sensuously while rubbing his finger down her neck. And he's like, just entering. <laughs> I was Ooh. just like, oh, Ooh. okay, Jordan. He made it creepy. <laughs> and she was just kind of like, mm, I don't know. He's like, there like are like it. eight bedrooms. I'm like, ooh, yeah. romance me some more, Jordan. Yeah. I want to go do it in this weird house. So then we hear Patty wakes up and calls for Angela. So Angela runs to the stairs to kind of head her off at the pass. And 
so Angela's facing Patty kind of upstairs. Patty's facing downstairs and they're talking and Jordan just kind of walks up kind of behind where Patty can't see. So Angela can see him. Patty doesn't know he's there and they have this whole awkward mother-daughter conversation. Um, I love when she like, didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you this would happen? (laughs) And she's like, what? (laughs) Tapping her on the nose. (laughs) (laughs) Which normally would probably really upset Angela, but she's in like freak out mode right now. Like, oh shit, there's a boy in my kitchen. Mom's going to catch us. Um, And then she's like, finish up whatever you're nibbling on in there. (laughs) And she's like, ooh. And she's like, don't forget what we talked about tonight. Daddy and me meeting your friend Jordan. And she's like, oh, oh, okay. And she's like, it's nothing to be embarrassed about. You like this Jordan. I have no problem with that. We just want to meet him. And then they hug and Patty goes back upstairs and she goes back over to Jordan. He's like, so you like me? She's like, shut up. (laughs) I mean, your mother (laughs) says you like me. (laughs) Um, And then he's like, kind of talks about Friday night again. So Friday night. And she's like, yeah, the house. And again, he's like, yeah, eight bedrooms. She's like, that many. Great. And then they they kiss and he leaves and she's just kind of like, oh, God. It's a big decision to think about. I know. know? You can tell. I mean, how could you not read on her face? I'm not really into this. Because he's not observant and he's stupid i mean ugh. um so i'm guessing this is where a commercial break was it's hard to tell on hulu but you kind of like the fade in and fade out i feel like is where the, the commercial break is so we come back from commercial break and we open on angela she's kind of daydreaming on her porch waiting for patty to pick her up to get the flu shot and like i am so jealous of just the fall foilie foilie foilage foilage, foilage? Foliage in this scene, the red foliage, (laughs) the red and orange leaves all around her. It's just so beautiful. We do not get that either. It's too hot down here and it doesn't, you get it from rain. Did you know that? Oh, you get enough rain and moisture and it's, that's what brightens the colors. We don't have any of that here. We have no water falling from the sky in California. You're also like in mostly desert is California. So yeah. So I am always jealous of this kind of season. Um, so while she's sitting there, Sharon walks up with a chafing dish saying that she's returning it. Uh, Patty or what's her mom's name? Camille. Camille. Yeah. Camille borrowed it. So she's returning this chafing dish. And Angela asks her about her breakup with Kyle and if there was a reason. <laughs> and Sharon's like, I guess I'd have to say it was my beliefs. I didn't feel like I should give up my beliefs, even for Kyle. And Angela kind of feels validated. And she's like, so Sharon had beliefs. Sharon had decided to stay a virgin. And she looks all kind of happy about this. And Angela asks her, like, how did you tell him that you didn't want to have sex with him, no matter how much he was expecting it? (laughs) Sharon was like, oh, no, 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 no. We had sex, like, constantly. (laughs) We helped like rabbits. Yeah. And I like how Angela's like, you had like intercourse? Like it's so like sterile. I never called it intercourse as a kid. I don't call it that now. But she's like, I was saying that I had a belief that he was being a butthead, which is true. <laughs> so okay. it, they didn't break up because of sex. They broke up because Kyle is also a piece of shit and Sharon probably should have dumped him. 
So now we're at their family doctor's office. Danielle comes out talking about how, you know, didn't even hurt. She didn't even know when she got the shot. And Angela goes into the doctor's office. And I'm guessing this was like their pediatrician that they're still going to because the doctor was like, oh, wow, you're suddenly 15. Like she's been seeing her since she was a small child. Yeah. Um, And then Angela tries to ask her about sex by being all kind of not coy, but in code, like not outright asking what she wants to ask. She's like, I'm doing a um, a school project, research, uh, questions about percentages of what's normal, you know, in terms of what people actually do, like people my age. I just need to see some statistics. And <laughs> like the doctor knows exactly she's what she's like, asking. Just get to the point. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So she's like, if you have any questions, you need to talk. I'm here. But as your doctor, she's like, just use a condom and a sponge. Angela's just like, oh, okay. Do they even use sponges anymore? I don't know. I feel, wasn't there, there was like a big shortage of them at some point, wasn't there? And then I don't know if they ever came back. Same thing for diaphragms. I mean, I know those still exist, but those you actually have to get from a doctor. I think sponge was like over a counter. Like you could go buy condoms and a sponge, I think. I don't know. I never it's use so them. strange. You don't ever hear all you hear about is condoms. And yeah. maybe the um what do you call that? That IUD. IUD, yes. Yeah. Or you know, so it's like, why don't they ever talk about sponges and diaphragms? I don't think they're as efficient anymore. That's why. Yeah. Yeah, could be. And I think sponges end up like a lot of people who got like yeast infections and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Happy times on yeah. the Rewatch Recap. Well, if you wanna system. if you wanna share what kind of contraceptive you use, let us know. No, I'm just kidding. Did you get infections? <laughs> Let us know. Did you get bad infections from using the sponge? Well, wasn't there? There was a whole Seinfeld episode about them, too, where everyone was losing their mind and, like, trying to stockpile sponges or whatever. I don't remember that one, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. So now it's it's the Friday night where um, Hallie and Brad are supposed to come over. And Graham's on the phone with Patty, who apparently has mixed up the day of their, their dinner party and that she's stuck at work. You hear him kind of hang up and say, okay, see you at eight. And then we see this nice little clock dissolve, like almost an hour goes by. And Graham and Hallie and Brad are all in the kitchen making dinner. You could tell they've probably been drinking. They're all kind of loud and laughing. And Brad says that she's a terrible cook, but, you know, Graham should know that being her teacher. And she needs him. And Hallie's like, that's not why I need him. I need him because he's going to make us all rich. And then she kind of runs to the bathroom. Graham asks Brad, what the hell is she talking about? And she kind of yells from the bathroom, like, don't tell him. Shut up, Brad. And Brad basically says that she wants to open a restaurant and she wants Graham to be the chef there. And Hallie comes running out of the bathroom and you can still hear the toilet flushing as she's running out. So I'm like, she did not wash her hands. And now she's going to go help them cook dinner. This is really gross. Maybe she can wash them in the kitchen sink. <laughs> I hope she does. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they're having this conversation. And, you know, Hallie basically says, you know, I, I can't I can't throw a ball or something like that. But I'm a fin- financial or I throw like a girl, but I'm a financial wizard. And Brad is loaded so they can set up some limited partnership. She's got like everything kind of figured out. Right. About yeah. But their relationship is not stable. No, Brad I mean, and 
Yeah, Brad yeah. and Allie, like, they're not stable. He puts her down all the damn time, yeah. it seems, especially her cooking and other stuff. And mm-hmm. she gives, like, too much info about him. Like, he's loaded. And, yeah, you know, it's like, that's it's weird. They're they're in this relationship for the wrong reasons, it seems. Yeah. Both of them. But I feel like she's also just kind of that person where she just says whatever the hell's on her mind. There's no filter, you know, which is yeah. why I find her kind of obnoxious. This is why, but he puts her down at the same time and she just yeah. takes it. And yeah. I think I think he thinks he's being like her with no filter, but really he's just kind of being an asshole. Yeah. And she probably puts up with it because he's loaded. Right. As she states. So they're they're discussing this when the doorbell rings and Graham thinks it's Patty. So he runs to to open the door and Jordan is standing there. <laughs> Jordan goes, oh. <laughs> Graham's like, oh, back at you. And he asks, are you Jordan? And he's like, yeah. Are you her dad? And then they both kind of look at each other perplexed and they both like reach back and scratch the back of their yeah. heads. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a funny scene. But like, of course, that's her dad, you dumbass. Um and Graham's like, yeah, so you guys are going to a party? Is that what Angela said? <laughs> like, dude, be more slick. Just say, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough. Or nod or yeah. something. And Graham's like, you mean you're not? No, no, we are. And then we cut to Jordan just sitting in the kitchen and all three of the adults, Hallie, Brad, and um, Graham are just kind of lined up, just staring at him. <laughs> and grilling him at the yeah. same time. And Brad's like, so do you have a major? And again, what is, did they, majors in majors in high school? Especially at public school. Right. And remember earlier on, Brian said something about having a double major. And we're like, but. A double double minor or triple minor. Oh, yeah. Something like that. And it's like. So that means he has a major as well. Yeah. And a triple minor. I mean, Pittsburgh people, if you're listening, did you have majors in high school? Because we certainly did not out here. There was. I don't. There was. And not in the South either. No. It was all just general education. There was nothing you could even focus on if you wanted to other than your electives, right? So whatever. Yeah. See, this is where it makes me think like somebody else who was either a private school student who didn't know what mm, public, how public schools worked. Maybe. Or I know in England when they like – it would be like a junior or senior year. They go to mm-hmm. quote college. When mm-hmm. they start choosing a major, which the college is like junior, senior year meets like community college. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I could tend to see that, but not, I don't get it. I don't get where, who the hell thought this was a thing. Yeah. And isn't there, even if the writer didn't know better, there's not just one writer, right? There's a writer's room. Someone should have been speak like, up. yeah, someone should have been like, Hey, like normal high schools don't have majors. So he asks if he has a major. Jordan's like, I don't think so. And Hallie goes, well, you'd probably um, know if you did. And he's like, yeah, I probably would have gotten like a letter or something. (laughs) It's just so stupid. It's just so dumb. I would have gotten a letter. Uh, Or something. (laughs) Oh, God bless him. So Angela kind of peeks peeks around and, and like whispers to Graham to like come over there and he kind of follows her into the other room and he's like well I met your uh friend he seems um you know I mean well what does it mean what does meeting somebody prove right <laughs> <laughs> does not bode well <laughs> no, he's obviously impressed 
And Angela kind of tells him that maybe she shouldn't go tonight. You know, Patty isn't home yet. And Patty hasn't met Jordan yet. But Grandma's like not catching on to her vibe. And he's like, no, no, it's fine. Like, I met him. We're we're in sync on this. It's okay. You can go. And she's just kind of like, shit. Okay. I guess I have to see what happens. Go out tonight. I know. Because if she said, like, he's pressuring me to have sex, Dad, that would have been like, right. a, like Jordan been decked out on the floor in the kitchen. Yeah. Definitely dragged out by his jacket collar. So now we're at the abandoned house, and Angela and Jordan are crawling in through a kitchen window. But there are freaking people inside of the house, and there's a door literally right behind those people. Why are they crawling in through a kitchen window? I don't know. Like, I understand initially to get in, like, right. no one's been in there. But once you're in, you can unlock that door. Yeah. <laughs> And they're, I understand it, not the front door, but right. going to the back door. So yeah, and it why? looked it, the door behind him looked like a like a kitchen door going to the back. Right, it wasn't like a solid wood door that would be a front door. Right. It was like this kind of glass door. What? Why? <laughs> why are they crawling through? Something the tells me Jordan. There, the people were probably walking in through that door, and Jordan just knew that Tino got in through the window that time, so he just goes right. through the window. This is the only way we can get in. Tino said. <laughs> I was just like, oh, okay. And Angela's asking if the cops are going to burst in. And he's like, cops never really burst in. And then she's like, what if the neighbors report us or something? And he's like, then we'll leave. And then he just leaves her. He just walks Walks away. And she's just kind of wandering through this house by herself. And there's. I know. It feels like a brothel or this like shadowy type orgy. Yeah. So dark. It's weird. It's a weird setting. It is really. I weird. never got into like like parties or stuff where people were just making out or like dry humping and stuff. You right. Know, uh, this feels awkward. Like I yeah. shouldn't be here witnessing this. Like it's already awkward enough doing that. Like as a teenager, you know, on your own, but then to do it just publicly around everybody. I don't know. I think I was just a little too shy for that. I would not no, yeah. be into that. So she's kind of surrounded by all these people making out, walking around. And then Jordan kind of comes back and he reports that there are no empty rooms. So she's like, well, what do we do? Oh, wait. You missed that part where she looks over and sees Cynthia talking to those yeah. girls. And then they laugh and she looks at her and she goes, she doesn't know. I'm like, what? Mm. What did you just say, Cynthia? What doesn't Angela know? Hmm. I missed that. Yeah. She looks at her and goes, she doesn't know. Hmm. I'm like, Cynthia. what doesn't she know, Cynthia? I thought it was weird. They met eyes and everything. It was very strange. Hmm. I didn't even catch that. So, yeah. So they're just going to wait for a room to open up, I guess. So I had a couple a couple thoughts on this. So first of all, this is this house has been empty for a while. It it can't be furnished, right? So It shouldn't be. So are people just dry humping or having sex on the floor with like blankets that other people have just continuously had sex on like as soon as the room opens up like a brothel all right your turn yeah i like i understand he's like oh it turns out there's only three bedrooms i'm like yeah because it's not a fucking mansion jordan right like eight bedrooms what are you thinking but you know like they're either doing it on the floor or somebody brought blow-up mattresses maybe maybe but then again you're just 
no one's cleaning those sheets or no. cleaning off the mattresses. So you just talk about some yeast infections. Yeah. Ugh. It just sounds like a disgusting nightmare to me. No, thank you. Especially for your first time. <laughs> I'm like, come on. Hey, let's go to this house where everybody's doing it in yeah. rooms around us and making out. And everybody knows we're going here yeah. to do it. And I'm losing my virginity with everybody yeah. knowing about it. You know, Go that's... get naked on this wet spot on this mattress. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now they're just, they're kind of sitting in this, there's this big fireplace and each one of them is sitting on either end. There's this big gap kind of between them. And it's just really awkward. And Jordan says again, I heard there were eight bedrooms, but there are only three. And Angela's voiceover says, it was, it was exactly like when I was waiting to get my flu shot. Only I didn't even have a magazine to read. So she's comparing this night that is supposed to be, or Jordan is hoping, it, well, he's probably not hoping it's going to be intimate. He just wants to stick it in something. But she's comparing it to getting a flu shot in a doctor's office. It I know. breaks my heart. Because it's become very clinical. Like, mm -hmm. all right, we're going here next in line. You know, like. Yeah. And it probably is clinical for him. Like, he just wants to get off in a warm body, not realizing, like, this is a huge deal for Angela. Um, so he gets up and leaves her again. And that's when Angela hears Rayanne, and they're kind of both surprised to see each other in this house. But it's a, it's a weird scene. Rayanne's kind of just like, oh, you're here. Well, I have to go. Tino's waiting for me. Like, he'll seriously leave me. And like, before she leaves, she's like, so you're with Jordan? And she looks like she's leaving with Cynthia Hargrove, too. Like, Cynthia was Probably. kind of like behind her, too. And Angela... But she's like, so you're with Jordan. Angela nods. She's like, that's so cool. See you tomorrow. And like kisses Angela and runs out. And that's kind of when Jordan walks up saying, oh, there's an empty room now, which again, just gross. And Angela sees her out in this. And she's like, oh, well, you know, I'm kind of worried about Rayanne. And he's like, I just like, what about her? I just saw her leave. And she's like, yeah, well, I was there, you know, the night she OD'd. And she seemed kind of weird, like out of it. And I, I really should go check on her and as this is happening like she's backing away from him and he just keeps advancing on her and it's just this really kind of predatory just gross feeling and he kind of just backs her out to the point where she's at the window again and she's like I really have to go and he's all pissed off and he's kind of standing right next to Cynthia Hargrove now and he's just like so go all pissed off and she climbs back out the kitchen window when again there is a door right there. Um, <laughs> and and she leaves. It just it was just such a the whole thing just felt really creepy and predatory and just well, he's gross. pissed off because no one ever says no to him. That's probably true too. You know, and this is the first time, which is another reason why he likes Angela. She's not like everybody else. She'll say mm -hmm. no. She'll call him out on his bullshit. Mm -hmm. but that's the reason why he likes her, because of that challenge. Right. But then also can't doesn't realize that's why he likes her. So he's trying to make her like everyone else he's been with. Yeah, exactly. So it's tragic. I hate him. It's so crazy how much, because I loved Jordan Catalano when I first saw this. I just thought he was dreamy and, oh my gosh, I just want them to get together and blah, because I didn't see the just toxicity of him as yeah. a kid. And now watching it, I'm just like, oh, he sucks so bad. <laughs> Understatement. Um, yeah. But he's also just 
a stupid teenager, right? He doesn't have his shit figured out either. But that doesn't mean he can't be a good person. But anyway. All right. So now we're back at the dinner with Hallie and Brad, and they're still talking about the restaurant when Patty enters. And she kind of just hears great idea. And she's like, what's a great idea? And they continue talking. And Patty's like, I'm so sorry. You must think I'm the rudest person on the face of the planet. And Hallie's like, hardly, since I hold the title. It's like, no, you're just the most obnoxious person on the planet, Hallie. (laughs) So then, you know, there's introductions. She meets Brad. Surprisingly, Patty is very chill. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, because Hallie, in a way, has that Amber Valone, Rayanne kind of personality is really Mm -hmm. out there, you know, Mm -hmm. which Patty does not seem to like. No. But she's totally fine with this woman. Yeah. I think, too, she was also just kind of flustered because she was late. So she was probably feeling really self-conscious. Like, they're going to think I'm awful. Not really paying attention to how she is all about her appearance too. Hallie is, you know. And she's like, I'm sorry, I didn't know I'd be this late. And Hallie's like, don't apologize. We ate every scrap of food and left like 8 million dishes. And Graham's like, she's kidding. She's like, no, in fact, there are dishes in there. We got greasy just to mess with your head. And I'm like, fuck you, lady. I I do not like her at all. Um, But then she hands Patty a bottle of wine and she's like, catch up. And they cheers and Patty just takes a swig right from the bottle and then asks again, like, what's the great idea? Um, and then we cut to a little later. They're all around the dinner table, kind of finishing up the leftovers and stuff. And Patty is mostly upset that she missed Jordan. But I wasn't there earlier in the season. Didn't she have a brief run in with him at some point? No, not yet. No? She's never met him. Was. Okay. And she's asking Graham what he was like. And Graham's just like, oh, he doesn't really have an explanation. And But Hallie jumps in. She's like, don't ask a man like how to explain him. And she says, here's what he's like, fairly out of it, not unintelligent, sort of um, stray puppy. You know, the type you're always trying to ease their pain. He may even be a halfway decent person. But let me tell you, trouble. Way too gorgeous. And Patty seems satisfied with this. She's like, thank you. That's a perfect but description, though. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. I-, I wouldn't disagree with the not unintelligent. <laughs> well, no, I think he's intelligent. He's just so self-centered that he just misses everything that could be true yeah that could be true i just don't think he has a lot of awareness which like you said that self-centeredness he just doesn't know how people work i guess okay so they're on the street later that evening kind of saying goodbye to brad and hallie as they drive off and graham says hallie's a bit loony and that her fiance is such a brad and patty was like she's not serious about this restaurant scheme is she and Graham's like who knows I'm not doing it and Patty's like she thinks you are and he's like that's just the kind of person she is and of course like even though Graham has said like he's not gonna do it Patty starts going into like all the ways it can fail you know you know the failure rate for new restaurants it's like the riskiest business there is and Graham's like Patty I just said I wasn't doing this of course some new restaurants must succeed I mean people have to eat somewhere and she's like, Graham, you'd be gambling with what passes for our savings. I mean, in three years, Angela's going to go. And she's kind of going on. And then she realizes what she's doing. And then she's like, never mind. I'm going to drop this whole subject. And Graham's like, why? Without running it into the ground? You? <laughs> she's like, <laughs> very funny. So now we're at school again. I'm assuming it's Monday morning. 
and they're in the girls' bathroom, and Sharon and Ryan are talking about Angela going home sick. Like she said, it was a reaction to the flu shot or something. Ryan's like, nope, she just can't face Jordan Catalano. So Sharon kind of starts asking what happened, and Ryan's like, no, she's he's just mad because she wouldn't have sex with him. So she's like, it's so tragic to see her making this whole big deal over this thing that's like over in like three seconds. It's like, oh, Ryan, she's so into the romance. Yeah. And then a couple girls come out of the the bathroom stalls, and one of them's like, I like it when they take a really long time. And the other one's like, shut up. You've never even had sex. <laughs> and she's like, so neither of you. <laughs> and Rayanne pulls a classic Rayanne move, and she goes over to the girls, and she's like, what I like is when they run this ice cube up your body very, very slowly until you think you lose your mind. And <laughs> like both of the girls are just like mouths and open. just, like just smiling. <laughs> Like Sharon knows she's full of shit now. <laughs> the other girls are just like, did someone do that to you? Rand's like, Mickey Rourke did. And then Sharon's like, you're saying she's scared to have sex? And Rand's like, who knows? <laughs> but they're walking out the door. They're walking out the door and one of the girls is like, um, Mickey Rourke, does he like go to school here? <laughs> Rand's just like, huh, and like leaves the bathroom. <laughs> you know what's funny? I didn't get the joke when I first watched this because I didn't know who the fuck Ricky Rourke was. <laughs> I was like, um, I don't get it. I'm not it. sure I knew as a teenager, but now I'm like, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Mickey Rourke did it. What? She was probably he... saw it in that damn Nine and a Half Weeks movie or whatever. Yeah. I feel like he's been mentioned before, too. Like, I wonder if it's like a, a running thing with the writers or something. So now we're in Patty and Graham's bedroom, and Sharon and Angela are in there watching this VHS instructional film on intimacy, and there's this half-naked couple, and they're, like, sensuously kneading dough together. Okay, then- <laughs> so the woman is behind the man. And <laughs> like, I'm we like... We can't do it like Ghost. We have to switch it up a little it bit. It feels very homoerotic, <laughs> and I'm like, is she wearing a dildo? Because he's all intimate. Oh, oh yeah. Mm, Which is maybe. funny that I thought that, because I looked at the guy, and I was like, oh, my God, that guy, he's an actor named Robert Gant. Is he? he? When I first, Do you know who Robert Gant is? No, but... You oh, just well, recognize everybody. <laughs> I do because well, this was back in the you know back in the day. Well, he ended up being in Queer as Folk later oh, on okay. on Showtime, but he was also in Friends. He dated Phoebe. He was a school teacher when she was also dating a fireman. Okay. Yep. She was dating yep. the two guys at once, and yeah. then he was also apparently one of the parents or something in Thirteen Reasons Why. I didn't watch that, but I didn't either. He's been in a lot of oh. stuff, but yeah, okay. he's a good looking man. He's always had a really nice body too. So I think I was. I wanted to go back and just watch this episode again without taking notes, but I ran out of time because I think I feel like I was pausing and like writing so much. I missed probably a lot of those details. I didn't I was just focused on the kneading of the dough. And then the next the next scene, like I think the woman's like running her finger down the faucet of a sink. Like, yes. What is happening here? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, there's like always this like cheesy saxophone music playing in the background. Uh, so they're they're watching this video and then the narrator's like, because intimacy is more than a sexual act. Intimacy fills every moment of your day with sensual delight. I'm Dr. Linda Shields. And what I'm about to show you is the true story. And like Sharon stops it at that point. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Enough about intimacy. This is like boring relationship stuff. And she fast forward to, I guess, her favorite couple in this. And she's like, Shelly and Mitch. 
They really love each other, but lately their sex has been kind of routine and mechanical. <laughs> and it, like shows the guy giving the girl a massage. And again, we've got that saxophone music. And Andrew's like, your parents actually watch this? And she's like, are you kidding me? They've had it for years, but you can keep it if you want. She's like, why would I want to keep this? And she's like, well, you were asking me all those questions about sex. Um, and then she asks if her and Jordan have ever... And then the voice, Angela's voiceover says, there's this dividing line between girls who've had sex and girls who haven't. And all of a sudden, we realized we were looking at each other across it. And it does feel that way. I remember as I... It's not just girls either. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I remember my friends like, you have, you have, you haven't, blah, blah, blah. And then it, you feel a little different around people like once you're like, oh my God, they're doing it. It's weird. <laughs> um. And then Sharon's like, basically, like, you can ask me anything you want. And she asked her if they used condoms. And Sharon gets all like, yes, you have to use condoms. If you have sex, tell me you'll use condoms. And she's like, okay, let's stop talking about it. But then she's like, what? Like, how did you decide to? And like, this is kind of kind of sad. Sharon's like, look, I told Kyle I wanted to wait until I was ready. And then one night, I totally was. The only strange thing is that after that, having sex was like expected because you can't like go back. I mean, it kind of stopped mattering if I like wanted to, which is, it's true. You kind of open up those floodgates and it's like, now you just have to do it because it's expected. It's like, yeah, you break the seal basically. Yeah, exactly. And (laughs) then it's always expected. It's like, I don't know. It's like you can't go back or you can't like dial it back. You can't be right. like an every once in a while thing. It's like it has to be that it has to be all right. You break the seal of having sex. Now you're going to have sex all the time. And yeah. then after a while that dies down. And then it's like, now we got to be intimate with each other. Well, yeah. Cause yeah. you have to be emotionally intimate with each other. Like that's right. the whole point. That's why I think it's more important to wait and stop jumping right into bed with people because yeah. then you think like, make sure you guys are compatible because then right. you're going to try to like prolong something that wasn't going to happen in the first place because you just had to have sex. Yeah. And especially, I mean, none of these people as teenagers are emotionally mature enough to kind of realize that and handle it, you know, and, right. you know, and it's just, I don't know. I feel like most people kind of go through this and it sucks, but uh, that's life. Everybody. <laughs> Well, I didn't uh, have sex in high school. I was 20 before I had sex. And I did other things, but I didn't have like intercourse, yeah. like you want to say. Like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't you do that until I was 20. Intercourse? <laughs> intercourse? But uh, yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, anywho. Uh, <laughs> uh, the narrator breaks in after this like kind of heartfelt thing that Sharon says. And it's like, Shelly and Mitch learned to prolong their pleasure by lingering over the basics. <laughs> Like Sharon's like, blah, blah, blah. Okay, here's where they finally do it. <laughs> She's like all into this tape. And Angela asked her if she was different afterwards. And she was like, you know, it sounds stupid, but I kind of like looked in the mirror to see if I looked different. And she asked Angela if she thinks she looks different. She's like, no. And Sharon tells her that like she should talk to Jordan about this. Um, and she's like, because you have this tendency to shut people out. And Angela kind of looks at her and is like, I know. And 100, I just- 100. Right there. <laughs> yeah. She kept it and I, I love, I love this moment between them because they really, they've had some kind of bonding moments since their, their friendship split. But this is like just, 
it's so sweet. You kind of get a glimpse of what their friendship was probably like before Rayanne entered the picture. Between a friend who like actually cares about what Angela's going through, I feel like Rayanne wants to but can't because she's so kind of stunted emotionally. Yeah. You know, so I, I really I loved this. And the dividing line kind of grew because since Angela stopped hanging out with Sharon is when she lost her virginity. So mm-hmm. it would have been different had she known when, and, you know, yeah. she thought if they were close back when it happened, right. she would have found out then she would have been, they would have talked all this out then, but now it's a little bit more important because they're kind of finding that reconnection. So it's like, we have to be more intimate kind of, you know, yeah. more, like in our conversations. Yeah. That's really kind of sweet. Um, and don't you find this weird? Don't you find, or creepy a little bit? They're watching this like sex ed tape in Graham and Patty's bedroom. Yeah. It is weird. I I get why, because she probably doesn't have a TV and VCR in her room. And in the living room, it's probably easier for someone to walk in from anywhere and catch them. But it is weird that they're like laying on her parents' bed watching. Why don't you just go to Sharon's house? (laughs) True. Yeah. Like Sharon obviously brought the tape over to Angela's. You know what I mean? Hmm. Speaking of, so as they're. They're watching this. Uh, they hear Graham kind of coming up the stairs and they're like rushing to get the tape out, eject it. And there's this whole kerfuffle and the tape falls to the floor and they kind of distract Graham as Sharon like uses her foot and like moves the the tape under the, the bed. And by tape, kids, I mean a VHS tape that was played in a VCR. We'll talk yes. about what that is It's later. literally a tape. It's a ribbon <laughs> it of pictures that move. <laughs> <laughs> uh and then they kind of they try to play it off. She's like, Dad, where's that thing? Mom told me to give Sharon to give to Camille. And he's like looking at him like, what the fuck, you crazy teenage girls? And they just kind of laugh and giggle and run out of the room. <laughs> he's just like totally perplexed. Like, what the fuck just happened? Um, so they're outside. Angela's saying goodbye to Sharon. And of course, Brian is just riding in circles in front of her house. I guess it's in front of his house, too. But you know why he's doing it. And she stops him. This is another like dicky Angela move. She's like, um, Danielle took my bike because she hates hers. And I was just, um, I'm sorry. And she starts to walk away. And Brian's like, what? And she's trying to be all like kind of coy. She's like, I'm sorry. I was going to ask if I could borrow your bike, but forget it. I'm always doing this. I'm always asking you for something that's totally unfair of me to ask of you. It's like a sick habit just because you're polite and it doesn't mean it's right. It's not like, it's not, it's wrong. It's totally unfair of me. I'll never do it again, okay? And like Brian's just looking at her like, you twat. And he gets off his bike and hands it to her. (laughs) Yeah. She knows what she's doing. She's totally conning him. He knows what she's doing, but he can't Uh, resist her. Take the damn bike. God. He, He cannot resist her. And she tells him she'll have it back by tonight. Now we're back in Graham and Patty's Patty's bedroom and Graham has found the tape and he's watching it. And you can hear the narrator say, Gunther and Liz learned that no human desire is shameful. He's putting the foot right in in his face. face. He's like rubbing his foot everywhere. And I'm just like, no kink shaming here, but oh my God, no, I do not want a foot in my face. Put your foot in my face and just rub it in. Like what? And Patty walks in and he's like, found it. She's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, who's your favorite couple? Mine's Gunther and Liz. <laughs> just totally teasing her. 
And she looks over and she like walks over there and she's like, I have never seen this before. And he's like, do you have this because our sex life has become routine and mechanical? Which is like, don't say that to Patty. Why did you say that to Patty? Like, oh, oh God. <laughs> and of course she takes it. He was just joking, but he she takes it, you know, totally serious. She's like, wow, that hurts. That hurts my feelings. And he's like, why do you take me seriously when I'm not serious? And of course... She's like, well, I don't know what you're serious about these days. And she, they start talking about the restaurant and, you know, you didn't want to take a class. Now you're teaching it. And, you know, you want to open this restaurant. You made the point that some restaurants have to succeed. She's and, not wrong, though. You just know that he wants to open that restaurant. Yeah. And she's not admitting it. Yeah, it's true. But she, she knows him just, well. She just doesn't go about things the right way. No. You know, they they don't know how to, like, just sit down and have a real conversation where one listens to the other one and then they take it in and they respond. They just talk at each other and it's mm-hmm. just, ugh, I don't like it. Oh, and then he was like, he was like, you just don't think that a restaurant that I'm involved in can possibly succeed. And she's like, what are you talking about? That's not true. And as the narrator's narrator, narrator is saying, Having shared the most sacred love a human being can know, Shelley and Mitch talk intimately of their secret hopes, their fears, their dreams, and every moment of their lives, bringing them closer together. And as the narrator is saying this, Patty's storming into the bathroom, slamming the door, and Graham just walks out of the room. And then the shot just lingers on their empty bed for a couple seconds. And it's just it's like, so, I love it. I love the ooh. metaphor. <laughs> yeah, it's like, ooh, God. So now Angela has ridden her bike over to Jordan's. She gets off the bike and he's in the garage and he's working on his car. But one, he's completely clean. Like he's got the hood up and stuff, but there's like no grease anywhere on him. And he also looks like he's in a mechanic's uniform. where He's got like the blue hat and the blue shirt. And at first I was like, is he, is this like a job that he's working at? I was like, no, that's definitely a home garage. But she walks up to him and then starts to apologize about Friday night and blames the flu shot. And he's just not having it. And he's like, quit lying. Tina told me Rayanne has been clean for like weeks since the night she almost OD'd, right? And Angela's like, yeah. And she's like, you think what you want about me, but I never lied. I can't believe it. I let you drive my car. And like, fuck you, Jordan. Just But you know what, though? Fuck you. Okay, at this point where he says, you think that what you want, but, but I never lied. And he didn't. He didn't. He but never lied to her. He's really upset. His voice is quivering. Yeah. But he doesn't know how to be intimate with somebody, like intimate, not right. you know, sexual. And so right. I'm like, well, this kind of makes him a little bit more attractive because he's kind of like saying, I never lie. You know, he's being truthful. And I went, oh, he's actually kind of attractive right here at this moment. This moment. I, I get it. Like, I get it. But the fact that he's just so upset that she's a She's afraid to lose her virginity. And I oh, feel I get like yeah. he needs to be a little bit more sensitive about it. Like, all he cares about is that he didn't get to have sex. You know what I mean? And yes, she lied, but he can't see, like, why. Like, she's scared. You know what I mean? That's- yeah, I, mean, I get that. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. But he's being honest and real about his own feelings yeah. at this moment. That's what made him more attractive. Yeah, and I think this is kind of like the most that he's said about any of it. The whole time we've <laughs> known him in this series. Um, and she's like, you know, it's hard to explain because like part of me really wants to. And then this is where he turns dicky. Yes. <laughs> He's like, 
this is the whole reason I didn't want to start this thing in the first place. And she's like, why? Because you would be wasting your time because you're not going to get sex. And he's like, you just don't get it. You're supposed to. It's accepted. It's what you're supposed to do unless you're like abnormal. And then as soon as he says that, like he kind of sees the look on her face and you can tell he feels bad. And he's like, oh, she just gets back that. Back to douchebag status. Back to yeah. douchebag. And her face just just falls and she turns around and walks away, leaving Brian's bike there. <laughs> um, so later on, Angela's back in Graham and Patty's bedroom trying to find the tape. And like as she finds it, Graham comes up and she kind of like fumbles with it, tries to shove it in her bag, drops it and then picks it up. And Graham's just kind of watching her the whole time. Like he knows what's happening, but he's just not saying anything. And she just looks at him and is like, I don't want to talk about it. And leaves. <laughs> <laughs> which i mean credit to graham for not pushing the subject you know like why does my teenage daughter have this weird intimacy porn tape <laughs> um, but it's kind of a ridiculous tape so at the same time it's yeah. like it's not like porn porn you know right. it's it's just kind of like instructional video yeah and it's really like the foot in the face and the kneading of the dough i mean it's yeah <laughs> The foot thing I can't get over. Uh, so we're at school and Brian is telling Ricky about this chess tournament he signed up for and he's going to get a whole half day off of school for it. <laughs> it's like, good job, Brian. And they're standing there and then I guess the bus driver walks in and I made a note in the most overactive scene in this entire series so far. This bus driver was just like, hey, Curly, you're on my bus, right? <laughs> Brian's like, yeah. And she's got Angela's backpack. Um, and he's like, oh, that's Angela. So she gives it to Brian. Thanks, Curly. And then we cut to Brian and Ricky watching the tape, which I, I'm guessing in like maybe the the AV room or something. Yeah, like yeah. they're in school watching this tape. And Brian's like, my parents have a vibrator. It sounds like a lawnmower. <laughs> that's a <laughs> scary vibrator. <laughs> Do you have to pull the cord to start it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, speaking of vibrator. So, oh my God. Okay. I have to tell you about this. I've, uh, other people know, know about this in my actual life, but I haven't said it's on a podcast or anything yet. But when my grandfather died, mm -hmm. my dad got something. And then later on, after I came out, I don't know why he would do this, but he, we're in his garage. Like my dad works on cars. There's grease, there's stuff all over the place. You know, he's got mm -hmm. tools everywhere. And he opens up the toolbox, like the bottom shelf. He goes, here you go. And hands me this box. I open it up and it's a dildo. Uh <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? My dad is handing me this. And Aww. I look and it has like a little crank on the bottom. Okay. And he was like, that was your grandfather's. You could have it if you want. And oh I was like. <laughs> so it's like this weird family heirloom. I don't know why. And you can bend it. And then you uh -huh. turn the crank and it's like, oh, wow. <laughs> it just like, I can't, you can't see it, but I'm moving my arm around like a, you know, like a floppy yeah. thingy. But I have it somewhere. I kept it because it's funny. Yeah. It's, it's like old fashioned. Like <laughs> you would put this quote in somebody and turn the crank. <laughs> wow. I love that you have a family heirloom dildo. <laughs> It was also kind of sweet of your dad, you know, like, here, son. I, but I don't want, I'm not using this. I washed it, no. by the way. Like, I've, I've made sure it was clean, you know, oh, before God. handling it. But I, I ain't going to get used. That is 
hilarious. It's huge. <laughs> you gotta you gotta post a picture of it. <laughs> but see, I totally believe it was for my grandfather because looking back. When I was like, because my grandfather died when I was like five or six, mm-hmm. but before that, so I have vague memories of him, but I remember being in his house and seeing a bunch of videotapes and they all just said X and X, X, X and X and X. And I just knew, oh, those are for adults. That's all I knew. Yeah. I didn't know what they were, but I knew that I wasn't supposed to watch them. Yeah. So mm-hmm. then thinking back, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, this makes sense. Well, he would, he would definitely have this. <laughs> Grandpa was into some stuff. He was freaky, <laughs> but yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> so Brian, Brian and Ricky are watching the tape. Brian's talking about his parents' vibrator. And Ricky was like, I wish I could get away with bicycle shorts. And then they both like tilt their head in unison. Yes, watching yes, the yes. Tape. What is, I wouldn't know what they were looking at. <laughs> I, know. Oh, I love it. All right. So I guess Angela has found out that they, they found the tape because Angela and Ricky are in the girls' bathroom. And she's like, I can't believe you let Brian go through my backpack. And he tells her it fell out when Brian was trying to shove her backpack into his locker. Like, why didn't he just find her and give it to her? What was he going to do with it in his locker? I'm like, yeah, the tape fell out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure. You know, he was like, oh, is there anything of Angela's in here I can take and smell later? Because he's creepy. <laughs> and Angela kind of goes up behind Ricky and she's hugging him and lays her head on his back. And she's like, Ricky, I had someone to be with, you know. He's like, I know. I can't even imagine it. And then she says she feels stupid. She should have just had sex with him. It would have been easier. And Ricky's like, but maybe it shouldn't be so simple. I mean, not that I know what I'm talking about or anything since I've never, you know, experienced this or what have you. I love that he said, or what have you. (laughs) (laughs) But even if I did meet the perfect person, I just think that it should be like a miracle, like seeing a comet or just feeling like you're seeing one. Seeing the other's per- seeing the other person's perfectness or something, and if you do it before you're ready, how are you going to see all that? Not like I would know or anything. Which was just kind of sweet, misguided very... but sweet. But he's <laughs> right. Sex does change things. It does. Know. And then Cynthia Hargrove comes out of the bathroom, and she's just like, "What you said? How it was like so beautiful? That's exactly what it's like." And then she looks at Angela. I know we don't like know each other or anything, but could I just ask you something? And Angela's like, um, sure. Did you ever work at Big Guy Burger? <laughs> Where every guy's a big guy. <laughs> I'm just like, this girl is also real dumb. She's probably perfect for Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why they hooked up in the first place, probably. Yeah. Like you thought she was going to ask her some like personal question or something about Jordan and sex. And she's like, did you work at Big Guy Burger? Okay, so back in the kitchen of the Chase house and grandma is putting cat food in the dish, which again, where is this fucking cat? We know they get food and litter for it, but we've never seen a fucking cat. I want to know, like, okay, what kind of cat do you think they have? Hmm. I feel like it would be like a hypoallergenic one because Patty is a freak. Um, one of the hairless cats. Yeah, like a hairless cat. Well, they don't feel like they was, those were a big thing back then. They probably have a big fluffy orange tabby. You think an orange tabby? Mm-hmm. I was thinking more of like a a gray cat, like a gray mm-hmm. tabby. like mm-hmm. Some sort of tabby, at least. Yeah. Very like your, neutral. <laughs> your general house cat. Yeah. yeah. 
She mentions how Graham always buys the nicer cat food than she does. And she Patty has come home early because I think she's still thinking about the statement of their sex life becoming routine and mechanical. So she's like, maybe I'll come home early before the girls come home and we can get a little little hanky-pinky on. Um, but then they start talking about the stupid restaurant again. And they always do this. They kind of flip-flop. Like Patty goes after him about something that he should do or he's not doing. And he's like, oh, I'm not doing this right. This sucks. You don't trust me, blah, blah, blah. And then they flip-flop. And she's like, no, you should totally do this. He's like, no, I shouldn't. And it's just this whole weird, like, they are never in sync, ever. And I almost wonder if Patty does it on purpose, you know? I don't know. It's it's so weird. She, like, pokes, 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 gets them all upset. And then she's like, oh, no, just kidding. You should do this thing. Like, I'm such a good wife. Like, it's weird. Yeah, they did this, like, back and forth. He's like, um... She says, as long as we have each other. And he's like, the new age music swells in the background. <laughs> yeah. Do you actually think you can store energy between your toes? Yeah. And I wrote down, well, Kay, answer the question. <laughs> well, we already know how I feel about feet from the earlier part of the video. So even if we did, I don't want to find out. I don't want people touching my feet. <laughs> Immediate turn off. <laughs> well, I don't mind a foot massage. I don't even like foot massages. Really? Like, Those feel good if it's done right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I just have a I have a foot thing. It's just me. Again, it's not no just you. Sh- I know plenty of people who hate yeah. feet stuff. Nope, you know, it's no fun. I used to, when I used what? to smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I would put cigarette between my toes and like smoke in front of my friend and like pick <laughs> my leg up like just to fuck with her. <laughs> I'm like, hey, I'm having a cigarette. And she's like, what? I'm like, oh, and she's like, no, stop it. Kudos to you to get your foot all the way up to your mouth. That's... I have long legs. I mean, look, I can do this. Holy shit. That's pretty bendy. <laughs> Not everyone can do that. I can't, I can't like stand up straight and bend down and touch my toes, but. Interesting. Everyone, Dustin's very bendy. <laughs> okay. Don't get ideas. Uh <laughs> So I guess they they wanted to find out if there were sexual energies stored between their toes because now they're on the couch just totally making out, which I I like for them, right? Like they didn't go up to the bedroom, get in the bed. Like they're just going at it on the couch, kind of like the Halloween episode. Yeah. Um, And the phone starts ringing and they're like, just ignore it. The machine will pick it up. Now kids. Back in the day, we had something called an answering machine, which was an actual device with a cassette tape and we'll talk about what that is later and it would pick up your phone and record your messages for you so you could phone would you could set the amount of rings i feel like on some of the fancier ones to pick up after a certain amount of rings so they're waiting for the answering machine to pick up the phone um and they're kind of like making out and talking and patty's like oh i don't want to talk to the travel agent and graham is like oh it might be um hallie lowenthal she was going to talk to someone about something with the restaurant And it kind of like with each kind of sentence, they're kind of just falling out of the mood. And then so finally the phone stops ringing and Patty tries to like bring it back. And you could tell Graham's just like not into it. And she's like, are you tired? And he's like, yeah, I got no sleep. And she's just kind of like, well, I guess I've got a million things I can do, too. And they just she walks off and Graham kind of like hunkers down to just take a nap on the couch. And it's just like, oh, but it Sad. feels real. That's something that oh, happened. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're like, uh, you know what? Are we really feeling this right now? Not really. Okay. Yeah. Like she tried. Patty tried. She wanted to be spontaneous. And sometimes spontaneity just doesn't work because you got to be in the mood. Right. 
Um, so grandma's still sleeping on the couch when there's a knock on the door and Danielle answers it and it's Brian. And Danielle says she's upstairs playing that same mushy upsetting song like 50 times in a row. Brian's like, well, great. Well, here's her stupid backpack. <laughs> She's like, you would not believe what was in it. He's like, never mind. Forget I said that. <laughs> I'm like, where are you going with that, Krakow? She's 11. <laughs> stupid, stupid Brian. And then he's like, not to mention the fact she still has my bicycle. And Danielle's like, she doesn't have it. She left it at Jordan Catalano's. Again, Danielle has her finger on the pulse of everything that's going on. Uh, and of course, like, this is totally upsets Brian. One, she left her bike somewhere and I think it hit even harder that it was at Jordan Catalano. Oh, yeah, definitely. So he's like, what? And this kind of wakes Graham up. And Angela's coming down the stairs. And he's like, what do you think? Like, I don't need my own bike that you can just leave it all over town. And she just kind of like, Ugh. he's like, well, just don't take it. Yell back at me. And then they kind of settle down on the stairs together. And he's like, what? Like, what happened? And she's like, nothing happened to me personally. It's just sad about boys. He's like, what about boys? She's like, how they only care about, you know, getting you into bed or something. And like, Graham is full on listening to this whole conversation. And he kind of like slumps down further into the couch to, to not be seen. And she asked Brian, she's like, don't they? And he's like, not all boys. And he's like, so is that like a problem you're having? And she's like, I mean, I think about it all the time. And Brian's like, why? You think about it all the time? And Graham starts giggling. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like brian yeah boys don't have the monopoly on thinking about it and he's just like totally shocked that girls actually think about sex well it's you know because you're only you're taught that girls don't right you really are you're taught yeah. that only boys do boys are only that's one thing on their mind that's it mm -hmm. all the time like, yeah that's not true that's not the only thing we have in our mind we have it on our mind a lot but it's not the only thing on our mind right and girls think about it a lot, too. It's not. She's right. You do not have the monopoly on it. And they they kind of have like this nice little bonding moment here. And he's like, OK, but I still want my bike back. <laughs> and now we cut to Patty leaving. She's walking um, to their car in the driveway. And Jordan is out front pulling Brian's bike out of his trunk. And Patty is like staring him down as she's getting into the car. She kind of stares him down as she's backing all the way out. And they like look at each other. And Jordan's oh, no, like, no. why? It's even like she pulls back even further than she needs yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to be like right like in line with him, like right <laughs> yeah. next to him. And he's like, okay, yeah. quit looking at me. And she's got this look on her face. Like, does she know what happened between them? Because she looks like she's she's not just checking him out. She's just like mad dog at him. Like, you hurt my daughter. And so Brian's coming out of the house and Jordan's just like, she left her bike at my place. And Brian's like, it's my bike. And Brian tells him to just like leave it there in case she needs it because Brian, oh, you're a pushover. Yeah. And he asks Jordan, asks Brian if she's home and he says, I'm not sure, which he's lying, you know, such a and dick, such a <laughs> dick. <kid. laughs> he's either it's either a dick move or he's trying to protect her. Like, I don't know. It's hard to tell with Brian. Sometimes he's real dicky and sometimes he's just like, oh, crap. Or she's not available type of thing. You yeah. Know? Like if. I don't know if she's really going to want to talk to you kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Jordan knocks on the door and Angela answers it. And he tells her that he he brought her bike or whoever's bike it is back. And Angela's curious, like, do we have to, like, say something to make this official? And he tells her no. And then she says, it's sort of like when you were letting me drive your car. And I loved it. It made me feel really powerful, but also really terrified. Like I wasn't ready for that much freedom. 
And then he tells her, like, oh, well, you should know. Like, I just won't, I won't hold it against you if your name ever comes up. Like, what does that mean? He's not going to badmouth her, I guess? She's like, thanks. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I would hope you wouldn't, but I appreciate you saying it, I guess. Yeah. So. And this whole time, like, he's not looking at her, right? He's there, but he's looking off in the distance. He's looking at his hands. He's not really making eye contact with her. and Because he's afraid goes, of intimacy. Yeah, he totally is. And she's, you know... She's not like she will tell like once she kind of reaches a point, she'll tell you exactly how she's feeling, which she starts doing in this scene. That's the patty in her. Yeah, exactly. And she's like, you know, it, it is a big deal. I mean, sex made your whole life start. And if you think about life as like a circle or something, then sex and death are the same. Look, I'm not saying that they're the same. I mean, I've thought about having sex with you and God, I've never seriously thought of killing you, but Jordan's like, shut up. <laughs> He's the whole like, thing hey. she says, I never seriously thought about killing him. Like, so you thought about it. Of course <laughs> she killing. has. I'm going to kill that guy. <laughs> and he's like, at least you got some driving practice in. And she's like, yeah, I guess. And then he's kind of walking out and he turns around. He's like, just uh, don't take your turns too wide or anything. I'm sure you won't. And like, this is kind of the first time he's like really looked at her through this whole conversation. And he, you can kind of see on his face that he's kind of sad, you know, maybe he doesn't know why, but maybe he's realizing that he does actually care about her, but he's a little too immature to like deal with it on any real sort of level. Um, and Angela's voiceover says, sometimes someone says something really small and it just fits right into this empty place in your heart. And she kind of walks over to Jordan and it's perfect, like Claire Dane's emotion, you know, like a tear running down her face. And she's like, your hair, it's really soft in the back. I'm going to miss it. And she's like, well, I guess this is goodbye. And Jordan says, bye, see you tomorrow. And then gives her like a really intimate kiss. And I'm just like, what the, like, that's so fucking confusing. It was a goodbye kiss. I know. But like, if that were me, I would just be like bye see you tomorrow and then you give me this really nice kiss like does he think we're just saying goodbye to today or you know what no i, mean? I think like, she knows she knows for sure they're gonna be at school i'll see you at school tomorrow yeah you know? uh i don't know i found it very heartbreaking and graham is still listening to all of this by and the way he is heartbroken for her yeah no uh, and so the last scene angela is riding brian's bike around the street and the voiceover says, people always say you should be yourself, like yourself is this definite thing, like a toaster or something, like you can know what it is even. But every so often, I'll have like a moment where being myself and my life right where I am is like enough. And she kind of takes her hands off the handlebars and she's riding down this hill. We just kind of see her sink behind the horizon of the streets with no hands on her bike. With the beautiful orange and red leaves around her. <laughs> yeah. I live yeah. for those moments. Yeah. It was that, really. That what she says, that moment in your life, every so often, you'll, you're just, everything's okay. Everything's enough. It's fine. Yeah. And no, I just live for those, you know. Yeah. And it, like, especially for her to be able to have a moment like that after a breakup where you're just heartbroken, you know. Right. That, but I'm but sure she's she probably of, she's feels Almost good. like she's celebrating like she's free. You know, well, she's probably proud of herself for sticking to 
her guns, you know, to like not jumping into something when she knew she wasn't ready just to keep like this dream of Jordan Catalano alive. So, yeah, I liked this episode. So it did. Yeah, I I felt that you would like it, especially (laughs) since it was all about, you know, standing up for your best interests, what you want, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It needed the feminine touch. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I have that. I have that. (laughs) I touch femininely. (laughs) What? Huh? (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Femininity. Femininity. (laughs) Femininity. Oh, that was good. I hope the audience liked it. Mm-hmm. Did you like it? Did you like the episode? Did you watch along with us? Or you just listened to the recap? Let us know. Please reach out to us. You can get K at FMWLPod on every platform you can think of, pretty much. The Rewatch Recap was brought to you by me, Dustin Holden. You can find the show on Instagram at The Rewatch Recap. Or you can find me on TikTok at Dustin underscore Holden. Find me there for my weird-ass sense of humor, amongst other silly things related to my other show, Dustin Can Read and Watch. Speaking of which, my email is the same as the other show. You can reach me at DustinCanReadPod at gmail.com. And so we hope to hear from you and please join us next week, next Monday for the next episode, episode 14, which is called On the Wagon. Mm. So guess who that one's about? Woo! Mm. Until then, folks, we hope you have a great so-called life. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>